Blog Talk Radio. which is my name is Raina Starr. I'm your host. For those of you who have never heard the show before, Desperate House Switches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you, but come on, you know it is. Anyway, Desperate House Switches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. For all of your spell casting, poppet making, witching oil, candle spraying needs, all the good shit is right there at wickedwitchstudios.com. All right. My guest today is awesome, and I love her. And she is the author of A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. The one, the only, the amazing Dawn Aurora Hunt is with me for the rest of the hour. Hey, Dawn. Hi. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to chat with you. Like, so excited. Like, we had so much fun the first time. Like, thank you so much for having me back. I know. know. What a way to spend a Saturday. Right? Right? <laughs> Talking seriously, seriously. witchcraft and shit, you know? Like that's and food. That's good. It's, good. it's food. a good time. It's a good time. And food. I'm and I was saying earlier, and I, I'm I'm totally caffeinated. I've got this cold brew coffee. I just had this amazing brunch. I'm like, uh, like fried eggs from the local farm and fresh picked tomatoes and like. So I am like, mm. I am so. Mm ready to like just hang out with you and, and enjoy the Saturday. Seriously. Seriously. So thank you. Hi. That's awesome. I love it. No, I mean, you know, and you have this way with describing food that my mouth is just watering, you know, the farm fresh <laughs> eggs and the fresh tomatoes and the, the and I am a big proponent of cold brew coffee. I, oh, I make it myself because me too. It just takes so much of the acid out of the, the coffee yes. because yes. I find if I don't do it and I drink regular brew, like I get a stomach upset. I'm also old, so that shit happens. But, you know, I find that it's much kinder to my system. The cold, No, I mean, seriously, the cold brew is kind of kinder to your system. And yeah. it, it yeah. just and tastes more oily. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's got more caffeine in it. You and me. Yeah. You and me overly <laughs> caffeinated. Be afraid, world. Be afraid. Okay, so I'm just saying. spoilers. Spoilers. I am, and no one really knows this yet, so you heard it here first, folks. Um, I'm trying yep. to work on my own line of coffee. I'm a giant, I'm a giant <sighs> coffee, and, uh, you know, 
so many witches make tea, but every fucking witch I know drinks coffee. Like, like if we all the time have IVs of coffee, right? But everybody makes tea, and I yeah. love tea. Don't get me wrong. I love tea. Um, but everybody I know drinks coffee. So I'm like, you know what? I really need to make a coffee. And so I've been, I've been like in R&D mode researching and developing yep. different coffee blends and different flavors and adding different spices and all this sort of stuff. So this morning while we were having brunch, my husband and I tried two different flavors and then I mixed in one of the ones I'm making with my regular coffee. Uh-huh. So normally I would only have, like I'm pretty oh. good, I only have 20 ounces of coffee a day, which sounds like a lot, but trust uh-huh. me, I can totally have more. But I mixed it, so I drank yeah. like half my coffee, my regular coffee, and then I mixed in half of the one that's like the research. I was like, well, I don't want to throw it away, even though I'm done tasting. I just mixed it in with my other one. Um, and it's delicious. Oh, yeah. And again, like, spoilers. Wow. Uh, I, don't, I don't know when it's coming Love out. It. Uh, I don't want to give anything else away. Hopefully, uh, I can get my flavors good enough that I feel like they're something that I could, you know, bring out to the world. Um, so right now it's just in the development stages, but, uh, it is exciting. And, uh, aside from food, coffee, my other thing that I, you know, food and, and coffee and, uh, that's my life. Like, <laughs> food, coffee. Okay. Well, let me, like, ask, let me ask you this, as long as we're talking about food and coffee. So, you know, a lot of people, when they think about romance, it's food and alcohol, but you're you're into the food and coffee situation, which I totally dig. So, do you do a lot of things with alcohol, or is that kind of a not as important or not as necessary? What's your view on that? So, you know, that's a really good that's a really good question. So, obviously, for those who are listening, do not or a book out called uh, "Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance," and we talk about aphrodisiac foods, and we do talk a little bit about alcohol, right? Um, not too, too mm-hmm. much. But I, to be very, very honest, I am not a big drinker, and I'm a total lightweight. In fact, um, yeah, I never really, yeah, like, I never really drank. Like, all my friends were drinking in high school and college, and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of a control freak. So I don't like the feeling yeah. of being drunk, right? I never have. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I drank yeah. a little bit like you do when you're in your twenties for, there's like a six month period that I lived away from home when I was, uh, when I was 20 years old. And in that time that I was away from home, I probably, I mean, literally half a dozen times, maybe went having drinks with my friends and I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite thing. Um, yeah. so after that, I didn't drink again until I was in my thirties. Um, and then I, it became no this sort of, no kidding, no kidding. Um, in fact, my husband too, like when we met. He was like, yeah, he's like, I don't drink. I don't, I don't like the way it feels. And I was like, whoa, I don't drink. I don't like the way it feels. Um, I was like, he doesn't, right. for me, I, I was like, it, there's not enough benefit uh, to feeling like garbage. Mm-hmm. And it tastes awful. Yeah. Why am I going to do this? And then as I got older and really more of, of when I started getting more into kitchen witchery and when I started getting into more food and going, you know, I feel like I'm missing a piece of the culinary aspect because I'm not drinking wine, mm-hmm. and, you know, and not connecting to, like, my Italian heritage because I'm not drinking wine. I'm right. not trying wine. So that's sort of how I began uh, dr- with alcohol, right? So, you know, I love a, a really nice glass of Cabernet. 
from time to time, I mean, if I drink one or two glasses of wine a month, that is a lot, a lot for me. Right. Um, right. Yeah, and, and in terms of, like, liquor, like hard alcohol and cocktails, I love <laughs> to order them. But I, I get, I'll, like, I'll go to a, yeah. a restaurant, or, again, pre-COVID, I go to a restaurant, and I'm like, ooh, this is a pomegranate martini, and it's got this, and it's got, it looks so good. And I would get it, I take a sip, and I'm like, ugh, I don't like it. I, I don't, I take one sip, I'm like, ugh, wow. I, don't it. I, don't, I don't enjoy it, and then yep. I wasted $12, you know? So <laughs> I am, I'm, you know, I, wow. I think that alcohol definitely has its place, especially if you're a sure. foodie. Um, and, and it can yeah. be enjoyed in moderation. It can be enjoyed even magically. I mean, you know, um, champagne is definitely an aphrodisiac, um, again, done in moderation. It can amplify, sure. uh, you know, feelings of joy, and it can allow you to relax and let go of and allow some, some uh, you know, romantic energies to come in and also allow you to kind of move through some impulses that you're trying to romantically. Um, but for me, in my, in my eating habits, drinking habits, and magical habits, alcohol is not, um, it's not something that is really in my, I could take it or leave it, you know. I mean, again, I like, I like a glass of wine, to be, to be fair, to be fair. Uh, if I'm visiting family, then I drink. <laughs> if I have wow. to see my mother, then yeah. I, my husband is making sure, Justin is making sure that I have a glass of wine at all times to take the edge off of seeing, you know, <laughs> seeing family. But no, um, wow. you know, and it's, it's, it's funny because in my own, like, you know, relationship, most people go out for dinner and drinks and that's date night, but we do brunch and coffee, you know, that's our romantic time. That's our date is brunch and coffee. And that's sort of become something that we do. You know, uh, some people love to go, you know, beer tasting and try all the craft beer. It's really like, Oh, let's go try all the different coffees. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I have a long way to go, but yeah, alcohol and me are not, I guess I'm, I, I think also, too, that there's a stigma around it. Like, when you tell people, I'm not much of a drinker, they immediately think you're no yeah. fun, you know? And I, I, yeah. I take offense to yeah. that, right? Because I'm a lot of fun. I yeah. don't need to be drinking you alcohol. Are. And also, mm-hmm. you don't know why someone is not drinking alcohol. And I, I think that, sure. that, you know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people yeah. that are on programs and they've been sober for a long time and you don't, you don't know what someone's story is. So when you go out somewhere and you're like, Oh, what, you're not drinking? Like there, sh- mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that there should be such an importance on consumption of alcohol in our culture. Um, you know, again, right. like as 20 something, I never was a drinker. I was always a designated driver. And my friends would roll their eyes at me like, oh, you know, Dawn, she doesn't drink. And I'm like, no, I don't like it. I, you know, what's wrong with that? But I always right. felt like, you know, I'm, that I'm, you know, every party has a pooper. And I felt like I was, the impression of me was that I was the party pooper. Hey, Dawn, like, really. hey, you're breaking up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so it's kind of maybe find a spot that's a little closer to your Wi-Fi. 
Yeah. Is this better? I don't know. We'll keep talking and we'll find out. But I, I will totally see what agree happens. with you. I think, I mean, seriously, if you need to have alcohol to have fun, right? That's, I would question why that's the case. You know what I mean? Because right. we're fun. Mm-hmm. We like to laugh. But I don't want to forget what happened yesterday. And I find that a yes. lot of people, and especially during COVID, like all mm. of my, my friends who were drinking before started drinking more. Although that yeah. could have been the Trump effect. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not positive. Um, some people will tell yeah. you both. Some people will tell you it's more one than the other. But, I mean, you know, environmentally speaking, I mean, I'm just going to tell you straight up, girl, since the whole lockdown situation, I have packed on a nice 20 pounds. I have been eating. Oh, yes. Oh, that is 100% real. I feel that right? so hard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I have to say that that, you know, and is that, um, I don't know if I've, I mean, I definitely have. I've definitely started um, a, 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 I don't want to call it a problem, a pizza problem. I don't, I, so I have a gluten allergy. <laughs> and, okay, so yeah. this, is how, this is how it started, okay? First of all, I have a gluten allergy. Okay. And I found this okay. local maker who makes this, it's like a, just a, a pizza crust, right? It's just a plain old, they come frozen, and it's gluten-free, and it's fucking incredible. Uh, for those of you, they deliver. Oh. It's called it's called Ugly's gluten free pizza crust. Ugly, as in I'm ugly or you're ugly. Like it's and the, it's like a a the face of a guy. Like is the logo. I don't particularly think the guy is ugly, but the, it's called Ugly. And they're in. They're based in right. Massachusetts, and it is the best pizza crust, gluten free pizza crust I've ever had. It is amazing. So I fell in love with it so wow. hard that I went and put pizza yeah. recipes in my book because I started making uh-huh. pizzas. And I was like, these are such great connection foods and pizzas. And I have a whole episode on my podcast about pizza and the magic of pizza because you have mm-hmm. so many different magical elements, right? Um, and we can get into that later. Yeah. But I started, my husband and I started doing pizza night on payday. So every two weeks we have yeah. payday, you know, we get paid and we have pizza. And because we weren't ordering takeout, I'm buying these pizza crusts. I'm making these pizzas every two weeks. I'm making different different stuff, like pesto pizza and prosciutto pizza, and you know, I mean, mm. farm pizza. Like every two weeks is a different is a different kind of pizza. And so, wow. yeah, I don't want to say that I haven't like that's the kind of eating that we've been doing. I feel like my cooking game as good of a cook as I was before COVID, you know, all we're watching cooking yep. shows. We've watched a ton of the great British baking show. I consider that a challenge oh, to try yeah. to make everything they're making, only make it gluten free. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, but also not just the eating, but the fact that like through, through COVID I'm completely inactive, you know, like I'm, I'm a, a uh-huh. chubby, I'm a chubby girl to begin with. Uh, and Hello. at least before, before COVID, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with being a little chubby. You know, there's nothing wrong with that and loving food. But before COVID, I would be 
going to events all the time and lifting heavy boxes of olive oil and walking all over like fairgrounds and, you know, very, very active. So even though I'm, I'm big, it's very, I'm very muscular, very strong. And then since COVID, I'm mm-hmm. like a giant marshmallow. And, <laughs> and that's okay. These are the time and a place for being marshmallowy. And then there's a time and a place for being, right. you know, strong and, you know, diesel, but, um, yeah, I think food has definitely been something that people have really leaned on. Food and alcohol—it's all comfort, right? It's all comfort. It's all escapism, right? Absolutely. Anything that helps me Absolutely. cope. Anything that helps me cope. Yeah. Yeah. I let me tell you how hard I've leaned on food. Um, I, <laughs> I, I have. I'm very busy. I have a day job. I have the show. I, yeah. I have books to read, people to line up, all kinds of different things in my day life. I'm a service manager. I mean, there's all kinds of things, and I'm about to become a regional director. I mean, there's just so much stuff. Thank you. Um, But it's not without a lot of challenges because I have a lot of balls, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I have to keep them all in the air. Another great trick. But, you know, I injured myself. Um, just before a funeral, I, I guess oh, I didn't no. want to go. And my subconscious <laughs> said, "Well, we're going to make you go. We're going to make you go all this way up to another state so you can fall down and not have to attend the funeral, because I busted oh, no. my knee wide open." Yes. Yeah. So on top of COVID, I busted my knee open, and I've been home for three months, recuperating, oh. um, and cooking. So I have started making, oh, girl, French toast casserole with a streusel crust. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. I want everything bad. We order pizza literally every single week. Half of my life is devoted to takeout because, A, it's convenient, and, B, it's fucking delicious. Um, and I know delicious. I've got to get. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> you're, you're, supporting, you're supporting local businesses. That's how you can rationalize it, yeah. okay? You're, all those people well, that are working so hard, yeah. those local restaurants, you are keeping them. Yeah. And that's important. Well, here's, here's the thing, and it's funny that you say that because there's been a lot of, you know, because of certain people who are no longer in power, there was there were a lot of hate crimes escalating mm-hmm. against Asian Americans. Absolutely. And I I have first of all, I have dear friends um, who own restaurants and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we're we have to support we have to support our restaurants like every week and you know, yeah. my friends are like, Thanks, but you guys are ordering a fucking lot what the hell's going on and i'm like um um well in addition to the fact that we've been friends for a decade um and i hate the shit that's going on because of at the at the time the administration i'm like but you're also saving my ass because i don't have to cook and i i can feel good about it because i feel like i'm supporting good businesses you know and then Oh, girl, you don't know the food I bought, you know, because they're like everybody has, um, 
you know, different celebrations going on. So we're like all yeah. about throwing money into yeah. into like all of the the great people, especially around here where I live. I live in a really great place. It, it's all kinds of people. It's not any one thing, which is kind of the way we like it. I've always, because yeah. I'm from New York. For me, the world's supposed yeah. to look like the United Nations, you know. It's supposed to be all the different people all together all at the same right. time, you know, because that's how right. I was raised. Right. So, yeah. you know, we've been just throwing money at local businesses all over the place, and I'm happy to do so it, and I'm important. lucky to be able to do it. So it's for so me, it's a kind of share the wealth. Yeah. yeah. And, and can, save right? my happy yeah. ass from having to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen, I think, you know, the supporting of the of local and the small businesses is really important. I mean, as someone who owns a small business, right, I mean, when COVID right. hit, right. okay, so like 80% of my business was event-based, yeah. right? We would go from show to show to market, food shows, pagan events, right. renaissance fairs, anything, anything. And we would go and set up a booth and sell olive oil and sell books and, you know, and, and, and it was great. Um, and then you can't be out there, you know, you, you, and all that just is gone. Yeah. So the only thing that has saved my business is the love and support of people like you who are like, I'm still going to support these small and local businesses, you know, without that support, I don't know if we would have survived. And to be fair, things have not, you know, things are, things are opening and I'm, I'm using air quotes, which you can't really see because obviously we're on the phone, but things are opening. Right. And that doesn't necessarily change, you know, your small businesses are are not going back to normal. Like, first of all, my opinion is you can't go back. Okay. You can't go back because I think what we learned, especially as a small business is that you're not um, – things weren't working. There are certain things that were not working that we were just on a treadmill about, um, doing those events all the time, yeah. being on the road all the time. It wasn't emotionally or mentally healthy for any of us um, at all. So, yeah. you know, what, what yeah. was working and what wasn't working, and then learning how to pivot to an online business, learning how to pivot to – teaching classes, doing interviews like this, trying to get the word out about our business so that people are like, oh, hey, that's really interesting. You know, you make olive oil. Oh, you write cookbooks. Oh, this is, this is interesting. I don't want to learn more about you. So making that pivot was, was one right. thing. Um, but things yeah. aren't just going back to normal. Um, and right. I know that before we had, had gotten on, you were like, you know, do you, one of the things you asked or maybe you're interested in is do I think? things are opening up too fast. Um, right. I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say, in my opinion, yes, um, especially mm-hmm. from a small business perspective, because there's this, this expectation that, oh, everybody's got their vaccine, everything's back to normal, you should just show up at places, and you should just start doing those same things again, right? But I'm responsible. No, it it, it doesn't work that way. And I'm, as an owner of a company, I'm responsible for every single person who works for me, right? So I can't in good conscience just throw my team back out when it might not be safe, you know? And then the mask restrictions are easing, and I think that's a whole other, like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I feel I had a conversation with a friend yesterday, and she said, listen, it's yeah. taken us like, you know, 15 months to kind of go inward, to get comfortable with being where we are, putting on all these layers. And now we're just expected yeah. to just throw them off and emerge. And that's just not how it works. You have to then slowly take off those layers and slowly emerge. And I think that's true for us emotionally, psychologically, and also, I think, spiritually, right? I mean, it's just, Interesting. you can't just flip a switch. This is true. This is very true. I mean, you know, you're saying that spiritually, too, and I'm, it's not something I had actually thought about in that regard, but you're totally right. I mean, you know, my best friend is a nurse, and she came to visit me for a week, and, you know, we're all completely vaccinated because mine is a house that believes in science, just saying. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, yep. and, of course, as a nurse, she's completely vaccinated, but we were talking about the fact that, you know, I haven't had a cold in two years because mm-hmm. everyone's masked. It's like there are certain benefits to wearing a mask, like keeping other people's germs out and keeping your germs to yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't, if you do get sick, you don't necessarily infect other people. But if you're judicious enough with it, you don't really get sick at all, which is kind of cool. And it occurred mm-hmm. to me that I hadn't been sick sick in a really long time. Well, yep. oddly enough, when she went home, she got incredibly sick. She's huh. sick right now. I mean, this is just this week. Yeah, and then last night I'm thinking, am I getting a cold? Is something going on <sighs> with me? What huh. the going on with me? And I'm fine. No, I woke. I was just run down because... I've had company, I've had a puppy, a brand new puppy in the house um, that she had just gotten um, and took with her. Yeah, because the dog was near, like two hours past my house, so she went and got the puppy and brought her back and then took her home the next day. But it was just a lot of activity, a lot of excitement, a lot of interaction with folks that we don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know, that she doesn't necessarily know. But, I mean, it was, you know, and then one of my sisters showed up. I mean, it's just been a whole revolving door situation, and it's been, like, so active. But we were talking about the fact that we haven't had Circle in a really long time. Yeah. How do you go back? How do you go back to having Circle again the way you used to when you really don't feel like you should yet? You know, so I mean, yeah. and we used to yeah. have when when I lived when I lived with her, we used to have these huge dinner parties, and right. and we miss all of that. It's hard, but it's like yeah. no one's ready yet, not really. And yeah. you know, spiritual practice has become interesting because you know you want to interact with other people, but you know we're kind of afraid. So what do you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you're, you are, you know, again, in the conversation I was having with a friend yesterday, who's the high priestess? Like, you know, her and I were sitting there having this conversation from two very different spiritual points of view. And even she was saying, you know, I feel disconnected. Uh-huh. I do feel disconnected from the community. Right. I definitely feel disconnected from the community because there is, you know, um, you're not having group rituals. You're not having group circles, obviously, and you shouldn't. 
uh, or at least you especially shouldn't right. unless everybody is vaccinated. And even then, you still need to be very careful. Um, you should be, we should all still be Agreed. diligent about mask, mask wearing and who we're spending our time with and who they're spending their time mm-hmm. with, right? So you could have a friend that's vaccinated, but if they're spending time with their mother who isn't vaccinated, you still have these, these what-ifs and these maybes. Um, but also, even as, even in your own solitary practice, I feel like so many of mm-hmm. us have wavered and we sort of like, I, what's the fucking point and what am I doing? And, you know, just again, mm-hmm. feeling disconnected, feeling disconnected from our own spirit because of the collective trauma that we've been through, um, whether it is, you know, yep. from COVID or Trump or the Capitol insurrection or all this cr- crazy shit that we've witnessed in the last few years. We are still just human beings taking True. that in and processing that. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, in times like that, you want to lean on your spirituality and you want to you, you want to really get into, you know, working with the gods, working with spirit, working with the, the tools, the magical tools that you have. But you're exhausted and you are yeah. just just trying to survive. And, and I know for myself, oftentimes pushing myself to do something that, you know, I'm like, Oh, I have to do a ritual because it's a full moon, and I always have, I'm a bad witch if I don't do this. Ah, and putting that extra pressure right. on myself is also not helpful. And allowing ourselves the permission to say, all I have the energy to do is light this one candle today, and that's okay. Right. That doesn't affect my identity as a witch. That I'm that I'm a bad witch, or I'm not being good enough, or whatever, you know, or. I have to make dinner anyway, so I'm going to make dinner in a mindful way using seasonal ingredients to keep me connected to spirit just to keep me tethered because right now that's all I can do. And that is something that I've personally been dealing with and and working through myself, you know, as a witch, as a woman, you know, trying to maintain the tether to my spirituality and sometimes I can do it and sometimes I can't do it. And learning how to breathe in those spaces of it's okay to not be okay. And this push to reopen, this push to get back into the world. Like literally, the minute the vaccine started coming out, I'm starting to get barrage of emails. We're doing this event. We want you to come. We're doing this event. We want you to come. And I think on one point, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so flattered that that these people remember me, that they want me there, that they're interested sure. in seeing my products and hearing my messages and all that stuff. And at the same time, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am not emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually ready for all of that. i got to take it bite by bite, step by step, and reassimilate into the new world and into the new me, into the new me as a witch, as a woman, yeah. as a business owner. Because we are all different aren't we? All different from when the start of all this Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, I, you know, and what you said a minute ago about being okay and just being expected to, because women generally, and, yeah, I'm, I'm riding that train, y'all. Um, yeah, being a woman with a family, whatever the family consists of, we're expected to bounce back pretty damn fast no matter what the situation yeah. is. 
And sometimes I'm like, I'm not fucking ready. Y'all need to back the fuck up. Right. You know, and and I'm sure fathers and everybody, you know, no matter who you are and what your family looks like, sometimes we're just overwhelmed persons. And we're just trying to get our shit together. And it doesn't snap back just because somebody else says, well, the bad thing is over now. It's actually not over yet. And we're just supposed to get back into the swing of things and everything's supposed to be fine. And we're supposed to just pretend like, to some people, it's like we're supposed to pretend nothing ever happened. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you know, still that's dealing so with fallout. Yeah. 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 I, I was I was having a conversation last week uh, with with my cousin actually she's um, she's a, a student she's very brilliant and one of the things that we were discussing was using this getting back into the world as a distraction right that what did you yeah. what did you do before when you were upset or needed to escape from your life Well, you would go out to the bar you would go out with your friends you would you know do all these things to distract yourself from mm-hmm. life from your home life from yeah. your own inner your inner voice and for the last you know year plus we've all been trapped in our own minds, in our own homes, in our own, you know, with ourselves, right? Like hanging out mm-hmm. with yourself can be really hard. So getting that green light to go, <laughs> I'm going to go back out in the world and I can distract myself from all this trauma. Um, you know, maybe some of us aren't done working through the trauma. Maybe we're not ready, you know, to, I don't want to distract myself from trauma. I am not that person. I am the person that looks at the problem right. or looks at the heartache and works through it. I sit in it. I feel it. I let it do its job so that I can let it go. I don't mm-hmm. like to, you know, swallow yeah. it and forget all about it. Right, like you said, oh, we're just supposed to forget mm-hmm. any of this ever happened? What, are you out of your mind? Right. You know, no. It's, exactly. This happens. Right, and then there's, you know, of course, know. without getting too much into it, right, the media of, oh, well, you know, Mm-hmm. These things, oh, this is being exaggerated by this side or that side. That's not really what happened. And I'm like, dude, I saw this with my own eyes. I saw, I watched exactly. people going into the Capitol with weapons. Like, I saw them breaking Thank windows. You. Don't tell me that didn't happen. You know, that's exactly. traumatic for us as a people. You can't just expect to be like, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, everything's fine now. What? Everything's not fine, damn it. Crazy people. I know, and it's gas. It's a lot. There's a lot of gaslighting as far as that goes, where people are just like, "Oh, well, what you saw isn't really what you saw," and it's like, "Fuck you!" It's exactly what the fuck I saw. Are you insane? I mean, the yeah. rewriting, the constant rewriting of history that we are actually witnessing, is yes. so distressing for me yes. that I can't even begin to tell you how distressing I fucking find it. It's ridiculous. I yeah. am traumatized by the fact that people are ignoring or choosing to ignore the fact that there are parts of our society that are more than happy to say reality isn't reality. And that scares the shit out of me. And quite frankly, uh-huh. anybody who's listening should be just as fucking scared of that as I am because they are okay. quietly and not quietly rewriting 
voting laws to make it harder for certain people that they don't like to vote. Right. So that right. you know they can control the electorate. They're they're dismissing duly well not duly elected but duly appointed people and saying you know what if we don't like the results you come up with at the next election, we are just going to discard what you have right. as right. as the legitimate vote and we're just going to substitute our reality for yours and the populace may never know it if they don't pay attention and. It's That's hard right. to pay attention all the fucking time. But if you right. don't, you will get lost at the end of the vote thinking, what the hell happened? I know that the rest of my country people are not that insane, but it'll look right. like they are because <laughs> the vote will have gone a certain way that it wasn't yes. supposed to go in the first place. So it's just it's just insane and crazy and you can really get yourself worked up into a lather and talk yourself into a circle. It's really right. easy. So then uh, how do we, how do we as witches and pagans handle this, right? Because I think we often are like, oh, well, you know, we're the magic people and we can make things happen and, you know, I'm so in tune and I'm so, you know, insightful and I'm so psychic and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, 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 but at the same time, we're human beings and we're all, like you said, fucking terrified. Fucking terrified. Yeah. So for me, yeah. the only way I know how to handle that is to take care of myself mm-hmm. and the people in my immediate yep. circle. You know, having, Absolutely. having connection, having kindness, having, you know, moments of, you know, joy and and finding that peace in self because I feel like that's a ripple effect. You know, if you are walking through the world in, in kindness and peacefulness, the people immediately around you will feel that and then they will take that on and then they will walk around and the people around them will feel it, you know. Um, that's really the only thing that I know how to do and the way that I do it, bringing the conversation full circle the way that I know how to do that is through food, yeah. right? So then we get right. back to, right. like you said, making these French toast casseroles and having these brunches <laughs> and, and all that stuff because it's what we know how to do. You know, it goes back yeah. to like these these basic concepts of providing and nurturing and loving and physically being able to show someone how much you love them by making them a sandwich, you know what I mean? Like, you yep. know, I love you so much. I made this for you. Absolutely. It's your family. You know? Absolutely. But that's so true. And it's, you know, it's because of the way, I mean, I don't know about you, but for the way I was raised, everything was, oh, you're sad. Here's a sandwich. Oh, you stubbed your toe. Here's a cream puff. Oh, your boyfriend's an asshole or your girlfriend's an asshole. Here's some oh, ice cream. Here, have something, have something full of sugar because that's yes. what you need to make you feel better. And I guess for the moment it does make me feel better, but shit, my waistline is not feeling better. It's crazy. <laughs> I think you should forgive yourself for that. I think, mean, yeah, you know, you're putting, you're, you're surrounding yourself with comfort and loving, loving yourself with food, and I think that's okay. Um, and then loving, and again, I'm not talking about drowning in a bucket of ice cream every night, but 
It's, right. You right. know, it's, it, 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 it is okay, you know, to, to find these moments of joy in the ways that we know how to, you know. And that's what I was saying before, like, yeah. for me as a kitchen witch, being able to use mm-hmm. food to stay connected to spirit, thank, I feel like, thank goodness, I, I, that's my practice. Because without that, yeah. you know, making sure that I, I eat every day and I cook all the time, I'm not sure where my practice would be because I've never been the type of witch that is, you know, constantly working with stones or constantly working with plants or, you know, constantly outside doing, you know, rituals like that. That's, those things for me are special occasion things. My everyday practice right. is food and, and making food and connecting to the earth with food. So if I didn't have that, especially now during COVID, yeah. I don't know if yeah. I would be as, as tethered to my spiritual, my spiritual self. And, and again, I, I haven't felt as tethered to my spiritual self in, throughout COVID as I have in past years. Um, and it's funny because the more I talk to people about that, the more people are like, I feel exactly the same way. And that's a relief to yes. know that, like, it's not just was, me. It's so true. And I was just going to say the same thing because I've been hearing, folks have been telling me the same thing as far as, you know, it's hard to feel connected when everything feels so unreal. You know, yeah. and it's it's really nerve-wracking, and, you know, you want to get back into your practice. And there are some days the only thing I'm even capable of doing is going to my altar and lighting incense and thanking yes. the gods for another day. And that's as far as I yes. can get because I'm overwhelmed yes. with everything. Yeah, and, and then how does that feel for you? Like, do you beat yourself up about it, or do you appreciate the fact that you were able to just do that? Well, at first I was beating myself up because it's like, well, you know, this is like more than ever I should be holding as fast as I can to, you know, what I believe. And it's like just the act of getting through some days with the fear and the stress not even my own necessarily, although I had two weeks of a meltdown when it first hit, because I really mm-hmm. thought it was the end of the world. And I had been feeling something was crazy for the previous, like from the previous October. Yeah. And I would cry uncontrollably. And my husband was like, what's upsetting you? And I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like a disaster is about to hit. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you... I did not predict it. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that there was something really bad that was going to happen. Couldn't tell you what. Couldn't tell you if it was going to happen to five people or five million. All I knew was the ground was going to open up and swallow everyone and everything I ever loved, and that's how it felt. And, you know, so for a while, to answer your question, in the beginning it was like, I I have to do better, I have to do better, I have to do better. But over the past two years, I've learned that, well, maybe that was the best I could do. But when things get better, I'll do better. But for right now, you know, I have the saying, remember your God so they'll remember you. Um, Mm. So 
and that's a, and sometimes that's all I can do in a day is just like I said, go light some incense, light a candle, do something, even if it's brief, just to try to keep that connection alive in the yeah. midst of insanity because, yeah. you know, the whole world had to shift for a lot of people. A lot of people started working from home if they were lucky enough to be able to. Um, mm-hmm. I was considered critical, so I had to – I mean, I never missed going into the office because we were considered critical because of who we support. Um, right. So, you know, a lot of people got to stay home. A lot of people didn't get to stay home for that reason. And it was, you know, the stress of not knowing, and then it was the stress of working with people who are not of a like mind, who are like, Mm. oh, you know, the media is full of shit, and this isn't, you know, this is nothing more than the flu. Because we had people like that. And Uh now there's only one who is, there's only one who's still saying it, you know, but there's still others who are quiet about it who I know are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So that's stressful. You know, your environment can make it stressful, your relatives. My mother called called me, and I was telling the story last night, and I'll, I'll tell it to you. My mother called, and my mother used to be a pagan. She started off mm. pagan, and she converted to Christianity because of my father's long story. Wow. Wow. I know. It, but it happens. People do leave, you know, paganism to go to Christianity. It happens. It does happen. Wow. But it is rare. Wow. Yeah. But my, mother, yeah. my mother's 81 years old, and she's a Pentecostal preacher, and my mother oh, hasn't left her house in three years. Oh, yeah. It's, it's insane. And my mother says, I'm going to tell you. Don't get that shot. Don't get it. There's, there. I'm telling you, there's a chip in it. And I said, can I ask you a question? Do you have a cell phone that you're calling me from right now? Do you happen to have a credit card that you've ever used in life? Right. Well, of course I have. Guess what? They know where you are to relax. You know, I, and I said to my mother, you're, you know, you're 81 years old, and I'm about to turn 60. Trust me, they are not afraid of the little old ladies. Right. <laughs> right. They're not, so, they, right, exactly. You know, like you said, so they know where you are. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. You know, you said something. I want to go, I want to go back to it because you said um, you had this feeling that it was going to be the end of the world. And That's my feeling, like, yeah. my, my feeling is it it is the end of the world. You know, everything we've known has changed. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. you know, our way of life, the way we do things, the way we walk through the world, has completely changed mm-hmm. for most of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whichever yeah. side of yeah. the argument you're on, right? I, and I mm-hmm. think that that started mm-hmm. a few years ago. I think it was a slow downturn into things changing and people, certain people waking up and certain people not willing to uh, evolve and see the science in front of them and not see the changes that are actually happening in the world. And I think that, yeah. I think we go through these cycles, right, where everything changes. And this one is, and we've had we've had certain ones. I mean, I know in my lifetime, you know, the big one would be 9/11. Everything changed after 9/11. Everything, um, the way you thought about things, yeah. the way you looked at things, the conversations you had with people, 
everything changed after 9-11. Mm-hmm. For, you know, my parents' generation, it was when Kennedy got shot. Kennedy got shot and everything changed yes. after that. Like, right? There yes. are these pivotal, pivotal yes. moments that mm-hmm. as a society, we all are like, holy fuck, did that just happen? And everything changes. So right. the end of the world is always happening because we are always changing. Things are always ending and beginning. And there are these catastrophic things that happen that change the world. Every Mm -hmm. generation, there's something that changes the world. So something ends and something else begins. And for those of us that are able to observe that and change with it, we will be the lucky ones Mm -hmm. on the other side because we are – we're not necessarily resisting the change. We're processing it. And we're going, okay, I'm not ready. I'm still processing. I've got trauma. I'm dealing with it. I'm not sure where this is going to lead, but I'm going to come out on the other end of it, different, better, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's true in our, in our own personal lives as well, right? When, yeah. you know, my husband and I, we, we lost our home in a house fire in 2009. And the, for us, wow. our world ended. Everything in our life, yeah, it was the end of our world. It ended, and everything right. had to start over. Again, right, right. So when we go through mm-hmm. those personal tragedies, the world ends for us, and we start again. And I think that's what's happening now. What we knew is ending, and we yeah. are going. Some of us are taking what we've learned from this and starting again, and some of us are saying, I'm resisting this change. I do not want to change. I'm afraid of what could be mm-hmm. different. Um, and, and that's, you know, when you said the end of the world, that's what I heard. That's what I saw. Um, and again, as, as witches yeah, and pagans, the things that keep us tethered to spirit are the things, even in the, the slightest increments, that keep us mindful. Food, lighting your incense, planting your garden, these little terrestrial things that we do mindfully as spiritual beings are the things that will keep us emotionally and mentally afloat as we go through this change, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. That's so true. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I mean... Yeah, and it's just, you know, we every that's what an interesting way to look at it though. Because there are these little depths that continuously happen to the way things were. And I guess it's just part of the natural evolution of moving forward. Right. You know, I mean whenever you whenever you're reading cards what's what's the best card to yeah. pull in, in a card reading? It's the death card because it means new beginnings. It means things are changing. It means something is coming to a natural end and something then will become in a a natural new beginning. You know, the ending of things is scary to us as human beings, as non-spiritual beings, right? And when we are Mm -hmm. barraged with all the crazy bulls, we forget that we are spiritual beings and we get into our human brain, Right and our fear-based brains and oh, our worry and our overwhelm, right? And then we check in with ourselves yeah. by, like you said, lighting a candle, lighting our incense, planting in the garden. We check in even in those little tiny bits, and then we're like, oh, wait a second, new beginnings. Okay, what's coming? I'm excited. I'm, I'm manifesting. I'm, 
looking forward. I'm, you know, hopeful. Even amongst the human feelings of fear, anxiety, overwhelming, you know, overwhelm, uh, you know, frustration when you're talking to a family member who doesn't think vaccines are important, you know, all of those things. Right. You know, this is how this, so those, for me, those incremental things have been the only way I've even gotten through COVID, you know, and I, I had COVID last summer. I got diagnosed with COVID in July last year. um, And it was, and I had a mild case and it was hell. Um, and I didn't tell sure. anybody because I was like, people are going to freak out that I have it. Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, I hadn't been at work in a few weeks. Like I hadn't been in the office. We'd all been working from home anyway. Still to this day, I have no idea sure. how I got it. Um, and it was, and it was really hard. And, and to be fair, I would say that even up through till January, I was still feeling some effects, you know? Um, wow. So, so, yeah. so. It's and and that's when you get into your head and leave your heart, right? You get oh my god, what is it? Da, 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 I'm so worried. I'm afraid. I'm this and that. And you 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 sure. have that human experience, you know. Um, and it knocks you. Yeah. You know, everything that has happened this year knocks you off your feet. And you're like, all of us, we feel like the ground is completely shaky beneath us. But one step at a time for me, one step at a time, tiptoeing into the world, tiptoeing back into things. You know, and and I don't think that we're out of it at all. I don't think that we're out of it at all. And I think that there's people Mm -hmm. that are being careless um, where the rest of us, you know, 50% of us are carrying the weight of, you know, how to handle things and do the right thing. And 50% of us are like, I don't fucking care. Um, And those are the people that (laughs) are going to run it for everybody. (laughs) Right? Like, Right. No, I agree with you because people are be I mean, the minute you lighten up a restriction, some people go full tilt insane. And I understand that. But by the same token, we're not we're not out of the woods yet, and it scares me that people think we are. Now, while it is good that the people who have had the vaccination are more protected, absolutely, of course. But by the same token, it's not to say that you won't catch it and that you can't pass it. The thing that the vaccination does is it makes sure that that won't be the reason you die. And you may Mm -hmm. probably not have to go to a hospital. But it is not 100. You're not Superman after you get this vaccination. Again, there was a situation recently where there was an office of four people and every and the Delta variant, this new variant that everybody's been talking about, hit that office, and the only person who didn't die was the person who was vaccinated. Right. Period. Right. The other three people right. died. So, I mean... It, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it's, you're not Superman just because you got the vaccination. And I think people are under a misconception that they are. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And that's, again, very, very scary. And, and I have to go back yeah. to what, what do we do? We can only be responsible for ourselves and for the way yeah. we hope that other people will be. 
you know, um, and, and for our, and and having that responsibility to our friends, our loved ones, you know, um, and and our circles, and it, it's very, it's a very powerless feeling, right? Um, for for Agreed. us as witches and pagans who really feel like we can affect the energy of others and affect the energy around us. There, for mm-hmm. me anyway, there has definitely been a, a, a feeling of hopelessness or powerlessness, yeah. you know, and saying, well, yeah. Yeah, my will is that everyone I love is safe and smart and taking care of themselves and trying to work that kind of energy. It's exhausting because then you get that feedback of people that maybe you do love and care about who aren't on the same page as you, aren't doing the right things, aren't walking through the world in the way that they should be, in your opinion, and that mm-hmm. becomes very disheartening as a as a human being, but it also becomes very disheartening as a witch and going, why can't I help this person with my spiritual practice? Why is my magic not affecting them? And then taking ourselves out of it and going, well, huh, maybe their journey is about their journey, and I cannot. I can, what, however much I care about them, however much I want to uh, help. I cannot help because this is about, that's about them and this is about me. So I can have to take care of myself, you know? Um, I know. It it, it amazes me because as a witch, it seems like a lot of us feel like, and again, maybe it's because of, you know, my age and the way I was raised and the era I was raised in that I'm supposed to save the fucking world. (laughs) You know, a spiritual practice does not mean that it's your job to save mm-hmm. the world. Sometimes mm-hmm. your practice is just because it's what you practice and you were tapped on the head by whatever deity and and right. that's it or not. You know, a lot of people right. practice philosophies as opposed to religion. And, I mean, I live with someone who does that. And, you know, right. I, I have a lot of feelings about that because my I'm, I consider myself, even as a gardenarian, I'm very fucking religious. I, mm-hmm. I hold a lot onto my faith. Um, even sometimes, though it's hard, you know, I, I wind up going mm-hmm. back to it all the time. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's not necessarily, yes, do we want to do good in the world? Absolutely. Have we been maligned? Absolutely. But it's still not our jobs as witches, as pagans, as whatever your practice is, to single-handedly save sometimes even your corner of the world. It's a Mm -hmm. lot more daunting and involved than we want to accept. Being a witch does not make you omnipotent. It doesn't make you omniscient. It doesn't mean that you have control of things to such a degree that you have a Mm -hmm. magic fuckstick to wave and change everyone's fate. It's not our job. Or change everyone's opinion. Or change everyone's opinion. And that, I think, is hard, too, because we're all over here going, I understand what's happening, 
emotionally, spiritually, yeah. mentally. I see that it's important for us. Like, what is the lesson? It's important for us to go inward. It's important for us to do healing, this time of reflection, this time of cocooning, you know, it's, you know trying yeah. to find the, the, the peace in the fact that we have been disconnected from our communities. We have been disconnected from our regular practices, like you said, from our jobs in some cases. Things have changed, forcing us to, to look at ourselves and look at our situations. And and then you want to change someone's opinion. It could be somebody in your own household. It, it, because we sure. understand things or we feel like we understand things on a deeper level than other people. And that's frustrating, right? Because we can't sure. change their opinions. We don't want to listen. Um, you know, and, and again, learning how to let that go may be part of the lessons that we're supposed to learn throughout this madness that's going, you know, that, that, yeah, true also. It, you know, we, we may, that may be part of the work that we need to accept, you know, um, vaccine. Uh, yeah. Won't get it. Um, and also, well, then I can't see you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I can't, you know. Um, but you sure. can't, the, the, the challenge of being like, but if you would just listen, if you would just understand what we see on our side of things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and us learning and personally having to learn how to, again, go back to self, take care of self, connect with my spirit, connect with spirits around me, the people that are in my immediate circle, learning that before COVID, we were all living outwardly. Mm-hmm. And now we're all yeah. much more inward, looking, living, feeling, practicing. Maybe that's the whole fucking point. You know? I okay. mean, I don't, I sure. don't, I don't know. I'm just, wouldn't it be nice? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. No, but I dig. But I dig what you're saying. I mean, you know, there's a limit to what even we're allowed to see and know. We we're not omniscient. We're not omnipotent. We don't control it. We don't see it all. We don't know it all. You know. Well, I mean, I know a, a mystique. I you, oh, I know it all. Well, okay. I mean, all right, I, you can no. know it all. But here's, here's the. But the point is, is that there's a certain there's a certain myth yeah. about pagans and witches and all of that that we have some kind of all knowing, all seeing power yeah. that isn't fucking true. It's just not no, true. No, most of us are just here um, trying to get by, right? We're just over here trying to get by, yeah. trying to, you know, especially now, you know, and, and you and you yeah. see people that that. And, and the thing is that I don't think that anyone that I, in the pagan community, in the witchcraft community, I don't think there's a single person that before COVID that I held in esteem as a leader, as an inspiration, as um, someone mm-hmm. I would really admire. I don't think there's anyone that has fallen out of that place for me. Even in having conversations right. like this where you know, we realize, oh, we're all collectively going through this. We're all collectively kind of sitting here going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know what's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm completely immense. And even these people that I 
mentors or, or inspirations or, you know, guides for me ha- are all having those same experiences mm-hmm. as I am. So I don't feel like, I don't feel like they've fallen off the pedestal I've put them on. I feel as though we're right. all in it together, we're all having that same experience. And that in and of itself creates connectivity in the community. True. You know, right? True. That we are all True. having this same experience. And so, like, I feel connected to you knowing that you are having the same experience as I am. You know, and that I'm not a bad yeah, person because the only thing I could do this morning was make an avocado toast. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's all I can handle. I need the coffee and the co- right? So, so when you learn that people are having that shared experience, we get there it is. There's the connectivity, and it's just so important yeah. that we have those conversations, I think, you know, especially in I our I think community. you're right, absolutely. No, you're totally right. I mean, I completely agree. It's, you know, we have these shared experiences, and when we're able to talk about it and let people know no, you're not a bad witch just because right. all you could do was this or that or, you know, because there's so much responsibility that we throw on ourselves, you know, trying to stay. I mean, we actively try to, when, when you're a pagan who believes in, you know, or a polytheist or whatever, you try really hard to stay and keep those connections going because right. that's what we do. But it's okay. You know, the walls are not going to cave in. I don't think mm-hmm. Dee, Dee cares any less just because we're losing our shit. If anything, right. they're just kind of watching, wait for us to get over it. And once we do, right. it'll be, everything will be okay, kids. You just got to get right. through this crazy part of the program. Right. So, right. you know, and and I think we're going to be okay. I think it's just going to take a lot of time, and I don't think everything is going to go back to the way it was. And quite honestly, I'm not sure that it should. I Listen, I love my friends. I am a very huggy person. I'm a very affectionate person. But I recognize that things are going to change. You know, we were looking at the fact that, you know, some events are opening back up, and a friend and I, were, were we came across this picture of somebody or a company that had done wristbands, you know, still cautious, stay back six feet, or open for hugs, fully vaccinated, or, and there was another option. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, just not ready yet, whatever. And I think that's where we need to be. We need to, like, respect people's spaces Mm -hmm. because just because someone's vaccinated doesn't mean they're comfortable you know, being in a close proximity to other folks yet. And and we've got to just be really gentle with each other. And I think this has been a real lesson for us to maybe have more boundaries, which is weird for me because I'm a person who, like, likes to hug everybody, but it's not appropriate. Some people just like, I agree. Some people are like, I love you, but don't fucking touch me. <laughs> Don't fucking touch me. Right. And I, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Like, I'm very huggy. I'm very tactile. Like, I'll meet someone for the first time, and I'm like, I'm a hugger. Is that okay? Like, I always ask, but I am definitely a hugger. Yeah. And yet, the thought of yeah. going back out into the world and doing events, events where I'm in the, in, in the public, right, where, where I'm, with, yeah. I'm doing something with the company or, or whatever, I, I don't necessarily want to like before, I'd be like, everybody hug me. And now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a little just 
extra mm-hmm. cautious about it. I might not want to be hugged. And I might want to be hugged one day and not be hugged the next day, even if it's by the same person, right? So right. I, right. I think that it's, you know, like, I, and I've never been that person. I think we've gotten very good about, or at least I have through COVID for sure, gotten very yeah. strong in my boundaries, emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, specifically, you know, because yeah. of this and having to learn about myself and what I really am okay with and what I'm really not okay with. Um, and so maybe yeah. I should have had those stronger boundaries, even energetically speaking. I mean, I would go to events and I would come back from events completely depleted because I did not have yeah. strong spiritual you know, psychic boundaries, I was like, oh, you seem like a wonderful person. I'll let your energy into my bubble, you know, and then by the end of the day, I'm just exhausted, you know. So I've learned so much about myself and perhaps I don't want to go back to being, you know, psychically, you know, energetically open Open. like that as I was before because I'm so much more cautious now. And I think because we've been isolated, we're all going to be so much more sensitive to other people's energy. You know? Yeah. And that's just going to come agree with that. If we're not if we're not prepared for it. Um, and that's kind of freaky, too, because, again, as witches, we have a whole other level of things that, uh, you know, the muggles don't think about. You know, they're affected by that, but they don't think about it. So that's also interesting. I mean, oh, I agree. you're interacting with other people that are also fearful. They're also having anxieties. We're all having these same feelings. And then you're letting that energy into, into yourself. Now that's going to amplify everything mm-hmm. that you're feeling. So, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about that until we're having this conversation. Yeah. But these are it's all a lot things for consideration as we, yeah. as we move, you know, back into like being in public spaces together, right? you know, right. it's something we're all going to have to consider how we interact. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And like you said, we'll figure but it out. We will we figure will. it out for sure. We will. It's going to take time. I think people need to be very gentle with each other and patient because, you know, some folks, and there's always going to be a differing opinion no matter inside or outside mm. the community because, we all have different opinions, um, but quite <laughs> frankly, that's okay. And if it just teaches us respect for, for you know, others' feelings, instead of assuming, I mean, I think a lot of folks are just going to be very appreciative when their personal space is not automatically invaded by, you know, the big fluffy redhead. That would be me. Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot, you know. Well, I think yes, you can invade like my space big, anytime. Well, you can invade mine too because you're like my family. So, yeah. I think you are just wonderful. Mm. And, I, like, I had no idea this was going to be what we <laughs> talked about today. But, like, I don't know. It feels good to, to kind of, like, talk about these things in this way and get it out a little bit, I think. Yeah. is oftentimes yes, we go around these topics. So it, it does feel really good to I talk know. about this stuff. You know, and I and I tell people all the time, do I want you to promote your stuff? Absolutely I do. But this show isn't really an interview show as much as it is a talk show. And I want people right. to come on and just talk about what they're feeling and what they're going through because if you're going through it and you're feeling it 
I guarantee you somebody who's listening is going through it and feeling it yeah. too. But exactly. and I hate to do this, but we are so over time. I we know. I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, it's still, I set it up to just keep going because yeah. I didn't want to stop our roll, but we are like we're coming up on fifteen minutes over time, but okay. I love you so okay. much, and I could just keep I talking you to you. But please tell people where to get the book, where to get in contact with you, and then you and I will set up another date after I close the absolutely. show. And absolutely, I just so enjoy it. But tell people I, where they can get a hold of you. Okay, so uh, you can find everything you need to know about me at cucinaaurora.com. That's Cucina, C-U-C-I-N-A, Aurora, A-U-R-O-R-A dot com. We're all over Facebook at Cucina Aurora. We're all over Instagram at Cucina Aurora. I also have my own brand new podcast, which is Cucina Aurora Kitchen Witchery Podcast. And it's super fun, and you can download it. it wherever podcasts are, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I do have a virtual show, a virtual workshop coming up. Uh, Witch Fest USA, Mm -hmm. which is out of New York City. Mm -hmm. I'll be doing a virtual workshop. I don't have the exact date yet, but it will be the weekend between, uh, it'll be either July 9th or July 11th. So check Witch Fest USA, um, and we'll post everything on all of our, you know, Facebook and everything like that. So kachinaaurora.com. You can buy a signed copy of the book. You can try my olive oils, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So awesome. I'm amazing glad you came back on i love hanging out with you can't wait until we can do it in person and i i just think you're fantastic again just to remind folks the book is called a kitchen witch's guide to recipes for love and romance i i know we didn't talk a lot about the book but the book is fantastic but as you can see Dawn Aurora Hunt is an amazing person, too, and it's, she's more than just Thank someone you. who creates delicious things and a wonderful book. She's just a, a great person. So, Dawn, Thank I love you. your pieces, and I'll talk to you in a few minutes. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thank you for having me. It's really wonderful to be here. I am. I was delighted to have you. Can't wait till you're back. So I will talk to you soon. Goodbye, my love. Have a wonderful Saturday. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, I'll be back with Star Bustamante for the 415 on July 1st, which is the first Thursday of July. And then it will be me and Talison for First Friday's Politics Night. And then next Saturday, I'm so excited, Michael Herkus comes back on with his new book. And I cannot wait witchcraft for daily self-care so we're going to have all of that three shows in a row next week everybody have a wonderful week stay safe take care of each other have a great weekend bye-bye